0: Hi, and welcome to this episode of The Coaching Practice. My name is Dupi, and I am thrilled to have you here. In this episode, I'll be speaking to Dr. Mongezi, who is a lecturer in leadership, coaching, and organizational development at WITS. I had many insights in my conversation with this great man, and I hope you do too. Enjoy. Welcome to the coaching practice. I'm very excited. I'm welcoming Dr. Mongezi with us to this episode. Welcome, Dr. Mongezi.
1: Thank you to be. Hi. <laughs> it's so good to be.
0: <laughs> it's so good to have you here, uh, Dr. I, I. I went on your your LinkedIn profile and I saw that you are a lecturer in coaching and leadership development at Vits. Oh. And maybe just to start off to give our listeners some context, um, could you just maybe explain what are you, are you a full-time lecturer, do you you have your own coaching practice, just if you could give us a bit of
1: context as to what you're busy with. Sure, Um, that's always very difficult to do, Um, but um, just very short, uh, yes, I do lecture um, as so one of the things that I do, but my real work every day is to evoke excellence in others. Mm-hmm. And I do that through coaching and consulting, uh, travel across the continent and across the world, helping leaders develop consciousness and accountability. So that's, that's essentially my, my actual work. And then I also then coach and lecture, uh, I teach and in, in the space of coaching. Um, since um, two thousand and four mm-hmm. yes so
0: the first burning question for me is listening to you speak. It sounds like every coach 's dream to be traveling and lecturing and and all of <laughs> that <laughs> so but I know from from my previous interviews with um, other other people in the discipline it takes time and, 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 and dedication to get that done so my my, my my next question would be, what led you to coaching? What what has been the journey to this space for you as a coach? How how did everything come together to where you are now?
1: Sure, um, I'll have to answer it practically and philosophically. Um, so maybe philosophically first. Mm-hmm. Um, I I believe that all of us um, are gifted um, in something, so we bring a particular value. Uh, to the world. And I think since I was like five years old, I was called teacher, master, professor, uh, coach. Uh, So it's almost my middle name uh, from since I was like five years old. So it's been very interesting just observing that. But uh, formally, uh, my boss uh, met me a a couple of years ago, 2003 or 2002 sometime, uh, walking through the passages as a young executive and go like, hey, you. There's this course at the University of Stellenbosch, which I think you would like. Uh, you will enjoy being the kind of person you are. Uh, I didn't even ask him what kind of person I am. I just uh, uh, went, went with it, and uh, it turned out to be a master's program in in coaching that was offered by the University of Middlesex uh, through iCoach Academy from the UK. And then from there on, um, I've been practicing as a professional coach since
0: sure so you did this masters in
1: in coaching
0: and then you finished that and your coaching practice how did how did it evolve it's one thing to to study a, a tertiary degree that equips you in, in a certain sense it's another thing totally to start a practice and to go for it. what was that process like
1: Look, I think the, the nice thing is, um, in terms of the pro, in terms of the, the program, and I think I'm integrating that now also in, in all the, the spaces, the places that I teach, uh, I teach coaching. Um, is essentially it was already included in the in the program in the program as how to start a, practice, a coaching practice. So we, we, we were forced to already start thinking as a, at a second year. Um what are we going to do with all of this stuff, although it wasn't really formalized in a in a sense, but it was also useful um, that I have a background as a banker so for fifteen years or so, I was a banker and I essentially started uh, a, a small business division of a of a bank of a local bank um multinational now um in nineteen ninety nine so I kinda understood already a lot of entrepreneur entrepreneurial type stuff. And I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So that really, really, really helped. I was selling a uh, fat cook and as uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, pe- pantyhose uh, from c <laughs> was like, the uh, a, a seven, eight, nine. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't a big stretch at all.
0: Sure. So what I'd also be just interested to know is that that's what brought you into coaching but what, what keeps you in in coaching?
1: Ah, that's a that's a great one. Uh sure. 75% of my time is coaching. Um although I do all the other nice exciting interesting things in the world so I'm lucky. Um but um, what keeps me in coaching is the power that it has that I I have seen. Um I think the best definition of coaching I've come across, um, and I, 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 I that's the one I teach, even though there are plenty other definitions, talks about what coaching is not. And it mm-hmm. says coaching is not about teaching a caterpillar how to fly. Mm-hmm. It's about showing it the possibility. And mm-hmm. I think for me, the power of possibility, as soon as the light shines on people's faces is is worth its price in gold. As a, as a result, I actually do it for free for many people, uh, even though I do get uh, paid for it as a top 50 global coach in the world. Um, mm. So I'm also excited about that. So I'm very lucky about that too. <laughs> you, you just said something
0: about top 50
1: and I saw that on your profile on
0: LinkedIn. Could you give us an idea of what that means?
1: Yeah, um, I didn't know either what it means because I didn't even know it exists. Um, so I got uh, invited last year, tw- uh, 2019, uh, by the Marshall Goldsmith um, and Thinkers 50 uh, organizations. So uh, those who might not know, Marshall Goldsmith has been ranked as the number one um, leadership coach in the world mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> a couple of times. And Thinkers 50 is a global organization that ranks uh, and 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 it's almost a think tank of some of the uh, top 50 thinkers in the world. So people like, uh, um, uh, if you've done an MBA, uh, you would you would have uh, done some work with Adam um, Marcus Buckingham or um, uh, Michael Porter or the late now, um, uh, Christiane. So. Um, those are the people that are essentially in that in that group. And then I got a call, um, an, an email from uh the Marshall Goldsmith organization said I've been nominated into a top fifty global coach uh, program um, and I should just show up to come and receive my uh, my award. I said, What do I need to do? Is that is this like a competition? I go, no, no, no. You've been mm-hmm. we've been we've been watching you and you've been selected. Uh, so I'm now very lucky to be hanging around with some of the really, really, really important people in the world, uh, Simon Sanek and uh, Dorian Clark and all of those people. So, uh, in fact, uh, what was very exciting about it was I actually had, had to end up in, when I was in London uh, to receive the award, I had to uh, coach the person that taught me. The, 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 the coaching. So uh, many people might uh, know uh, the, uh, uh, P- Peter Hawkins, mm-hmm. uh, who came up with the seven eyed uh, model. So I now get to speak with, uh, uh, with Peter H- Hawkins and uh, David Lutterbuck uh, like we are best friends. So it's very exciting.
0: I'm so jealous, but I'm not going to voice that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> too late, too late. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, no. So, uh, Doctor, I would just also like to know if you, you obviously work with many coaches who are just starting out, guys who, and girls and who've just it's, – it's, they're not more than five years into their journey. What mm. would be – if you had one piece of advice for those coaches five, mm. five
1: and less years in, into the game, what would, what would that be? Are you talking now in terms of leadership or any particular area? Any, any, any particular area. Okay. Look, um, my, my PhD was on credibility because mm-hmm. what I found um, working with leaders for the last 30 or so years is that many of us as leaders, we spend a lot of time pretending to be something else. We are looking for some model uh, somewhere, some Michael Potter stuff that will tell us mm. how to be and, and all of that. And I can tell you uh, with no doubt, and uh, as a scientist, I probably shouldn't be saying that, um, but I can tell you that nothing, nothing beats three things. Mm. Clarity about your values, mm-hmm clarity about your passion mm-hmm. as well as being absolutely clear about your purpose mm-hmm. and why you are here. Mm-hmm. And those three things, As soon, the sooner one starts exploring what they are and what, what, what they are all about are the key in my, in my, in my uh, experience that gets you to be a real, true, authentic leader that really shows up regardless of what area you are in. And whether you are just a worker or just a a, 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 a person leading people, mm.
0: that's powerful. That's powerful. Three three things. That's its purpose, values, and
1: and passion. And what passion. is your passion? It's amazing. Thank you.
0: Segwaying into your philosophy of coaching, if you had to define coaching as you feel it should be defined, how how would you define coaching? If someone were to ask you, Doctor, how, what is coaching? How would you define that?
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, this is a, a probably a bit easier to, a, a much easier question to answer because I, it is probably the first, the, the, the first line in all my trainings, regardless, regardless of where I do it uh, all over the world. Mm. Um, but um, I say coaching is a process. First of all, it is a process. Uh, it's not an event. Um, two, it is a process that is about unleashing what is, what is great within the person or the person's potential mm-hmm. through construction and reconstruction of um, meaning. That's that's essentially how I would I would put it. It's really just a process of um, unleashing potential within a person through a process of construction and reconstruction of meaning. Hmm.
0: That's 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 awesome. It's concise. So many coaches starting out. Have many theories thrown at them. And I'm, I'm interested to know for yourself are there any theories in your coaching career that has really st- st- stuck with you in, in, in so many years that you say this is some of the theories you um, hold dear and, 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 and practice very closely
1: with um, in your career? Yeah, uh, look, uh, I think just just by listening so the pe- people who 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 I, I mean I've been fortunate um that I have a whole basket of stuff um that I've had to now work with in the last 25 or so years mm-hmm. as a professional coach. But I think what's if anybody's listening um, and they understand uh, this because I'm mean, I'm trained first of all as an organizational psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um And uh, my master's was in uh, coaching psychology and PhD was back in organizational psychology. So a lot of it has a a psychological underpinnings. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the key areas that I find I work with is construct psychology and which is really an area of uh, how we make meaning and construct meaning uh, as we go through life. And you will hear it if you're listening to my definition uh, that that's the the one bit in, in fact, my professor uh he's gone now uh, Mike van Ozuren, and he used to laugh at me whenever I would show up and oh, Mungazi, you're such a cognitive behaviorist so, <laughs> <laughs> unbeknownst unbeknownst to him uh, that uh, I actually combine three three things i'm I'm trained psychodynamically so i'm a a system psychodynamic. Uh, Expert, so I I really get into the room with Freud in my head, and I watch people sit uh, together, and I'm already, I already shake my head, Mm -hmm. and and I think the second piece, of course, is cognitive behavioral theory, which uh, really is about uh, connects very nicely then with construct psychology in terms of making meaning and perceiving and seeing things. So I combine all of those three to give people a sense when one of who they are uh, as in, in, in questions, uh, but also uh, of uh, uh, what I see uh, as, as an outsider looking in. Mm. That makes sense, that makes sense. Now, in coaches
0: that might be starting out or coaches that have been in the game for a while, they, they might be at a place sometimes where they're overwhelmed with the amount of theories Mm -hmm. that they can practice with. From your experience, what would be a key step into decluttering and not drowning in the immense amount of theories that are available to coaches? How would you, what advice do you have in that sense? What to
1: leave, what to Uh take? Uh, Yeah, thanks for that question. I think it goes back, it goes back right back to where we started um, when you said what advice would I give because for, for me, that's the advice of practice. Uh, it, as a human being, it doesn't matter whether you are practicing as a coach, as a leader, as a driver, three things. one, is this model in line with your values? Mm-hmm. Two, does it help you or does it connect with your passion such that you can do it even if nobody's paying you to do it and uh, and three, is it in line with the reason why you are here on Earth? That energy that fills you up with flow every time you do it, even if it's hard. So, so I think mm-hmm. the decluttering process, because those three things are the stuff that make me say no, because I say no to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. and It might not look like it to many people that look at me and say, but you're doing a thousand things. I said, actually, I'm doing one thing. I'm just doing it in 7,000 ways. Oh. Uh, but it's really just one thing that's aligned to my purpose, which is because um, whenever I walk, I walk in and I didn't say it here. And um, whenever I walk into any room, I say to people, my name is Mongez Makalima. My work is to put Africa in the center of the world where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And how do I do it? I do it by evoking excellence in others and helping leaders develop consciousness and accountability. So any other model that I can work with that doesn't help me do that, I don't even pay attention to it. Mm. And that's kind of like my advice then to many coaches particularly because there is hundreds, hundreds, 150 years of psychology that brings you models. Mm. However, my advice all the time is find something that connects to your values, passion, and purpose, and then use it to declutter
0: your mind. Thank you. That's a very practical um, system to look at how to wade into and out of the clutter of of theory in the world. I am interested, uh, Doctor, in specifically when you're a coach, there is a tendency to say, listen, you should find a niche. And I'm, I'm interested to hear from you what is currently or what has been your niches, firstly, and secondly, how did you settle or how did you choose your niches? How did that come about?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, you are intent on asking very difficult questions (laughs) and I'm not even prepared eh? Uh, but it's okay okay. look um, niche is important um, because uh, especially from a credibility perspective when people perceive you to be everything to everyone you will gain no one as a client so you you are essentially not not getting any trust. Um. So how I really came uh, came to to my niche, and I remember when I first started training uh, as a coach, because some some of it is obviously uh, trial and error. Mm-hmm. But um, and again at the risk of sounding like a broken record, values, passion, uh, values, passion, uh, purpose. I found that uh, at first I was working from outside. Outside in, saying, ah, "You know, I don't want to coach. Um, I don't want to coach CEOs and MDs and all of those people because they are arrogant, they have ego, and, and all of that." Little did I know that I'm talking about myself. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> but, as the world as the world humbled me, and 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 I, I, I'm not not sure if I'm allowed to use the word God, um, in this instance, and God. Uh, or universe, or whatever one claims to 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 call, um, showed me that no, dude, uh, middle management are not your people. Here are the people because those are the people that kept calling that kept calling me. So what I want to then say to coaches is first is answer two questions all the time: What pain are you so? What pain are you solving for which people? Mm. What pain are you solving? for which people because your values, purpose, and passion, as they're combining, they're solving a pain for someone. What is that pain and who is that someone? Mm. That makes it very nice and clear and and precise. Does it mean that you are going to always find the people you want? No. Um, Does it mean that you are at least in a space where you can say yes or no with clarity? Absolutely. And I think that's the power of niche. It helps you be able to say no uh, with clarity.
0: Mm, that's powerful. Thank you. That was really insightful. I want to conclude just to give you the space. Do you have anything else, Anything? any pearls of wisdom you would want to dispense to, to coaches
1: that might be listening? Uh, yeah, that's always very difficult. Um, but... I think the one thing I I I would I say to coaches, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter on what platform. Um, one of the things that we do as coaches in terms of the work we do very deep work that helps people uh, find themselves one way or another. So it is really important as as coaches to hold ourselves accountable. One thing that worries me. Uh, in in, in practice and working with coaches and coaching coaches and teaching coaches is that many coaches uh, struggle with going to supervision and humbling themselves to being evaluated, to being measured. And I think that's a really critical skill because that's, that's a really critical way of being because that's also what we can then model with our clients.
0: Okay. being accountable being teachable growing
1: yeah. yeah
0: thank you very much for your time Dr. Mongezi it was absolutely awesome and a privilege to have you and thank you once again
1: my pleasure thank you Dubit thanks for those questions as well
0: I hope you found value in this podcast and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it I'm always looking for input to raise the standard of this podcast, so if you want to give feedback, you can do so by reaching out to me at dupi.insightcoaching at gmail.com or you can head on over to anchor.com, search for the coaching practices profile and send a voice note. I'm open to suggestions or questions that you might want to have me feature on this podcast. Enjoy your day.